Hi, I'm Maria Tihara Silvello Sos on social media. Welcome back to Say Over 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Many thanks for the ongoing support from the Patreon community for Soul Organized Style podcast. Your ongoing support every month keeps me developing these podcasts so you and our listeners can hear from sellers from all walks of life. Thanks for joining us on Save 50 Podcast. Save 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. The Save 50 community is positively leading, being visible in the selling online world. As you may have noticed, Instagram has now removed the recent hashtag search function. So perhaps you may have noticed that the tags are no longer in chronological order. The Cyber 50 strength has been in getting to know our community through checking the tag daily. Now, without being able to see your most recent sewing under hashtag Cyber 50, it's quite infuriating. Instagram is not receptive to the outcry, so we're instigating a new plan to find you. For June, Use hashtag SoOver50June. We'll find you fast and can like and comment on your posts every day again as the volume will be lower and the hashtag will be running only for 30 days or so. Still use hashtag SoOver50 because we want to keep our community growing. With over 235,000 posts and at the moment over 47,000 followers, it's where our strength lies. We'd also appreciate you sharing this in your stories to spread the message from Cyber 50. And remember, for the month of June, use hashtag SoOver50June with hashtag SoOver50. More details in July. Thanks, everyone, for joining in and making sure that on Cyber 50, we can find you every day. Chris Wood, or at Chris Wood Sews, is today's Cyber 50 podcast guest. This is the second part of the Chris Woodsoe's interview. Thank you for inviting me into your home today, Chris. Chris, recently Cyber 50 published their research about patterns that include images of people over the age of 50. With your patterns and the images that you project, what are you doing to reflect representation in your pattern line? Thanks, Chris. The first step is testing. So when I pick a tester's group, I make sure that my focus is on different body types, different ages, and different skill levels. I also like to include people of color and LGBTQ, as much representation as I can get out of a tester's group. I pick the testers assuming that they're going to post photos. Most testers do if they're happy with how the garment turned out or they're happy with the experience. So I start there and then I go in and try to choose a variety of people. I also follow all my own hashtags. And when I see an image come up for someone who's made one of my patterns, I might then repost them, put it in my stories. And that way I I can add to my grid as much as possible, creating that variety. So when someone's scrolling, they're going to say, oh, that could work for me. I relate to this person. Um, Or that looks like it could be my size. Or, oh, I see how they've styled that. I like that. So 
I think that's kind of how I do it and how I think of it. I'm very aware of my grid and who I've been posting. And I really try to keep that variety in there. On Instagram, when did you discover the So Over 50 community? I saw a hashtag that said So Over 40, which I use. And soon I'll be able to use So Over 50. (laughs) And I just saw the hashtag and I thought it was cool. I just thought, oh, this is great. This is like a whole community in the community, which I love. You know, the sewing community is huge and varied. And when you find a hashtag that makes sense to you, you, it brings that community a little smaller and it just feels cozy and like friends. And I really, I really appreciate that. I like that a lot. Just so that you know, and our, our listeners will know this too, anyone can use the hashtag Sober 50 because it's all ages, all parts of the community. And don't ever feel that just because you're not in the 50 age range that you can't use it. Okay. (laughs) I was thinking, okay, because I'm thinking like plus size sewing. And then I feel like, oh, if my picture doesn't look, even if my pattern is good for plus size, if my photo isn't representing that, then I won't use the hashtag. So I think that's what is in my mind here. Okay. Earlier, when you talked about what you've done in the past, you talked about the repairs that you were doing for vintage stores mm-hmm. or for vintage clothes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that sounded quite interesting or that you might have to have a bit of history or research behind your repairs that you do. Well, I worked in the vintage resale business for, it was my first job. I worked for maybe four or five different shops mm-hmm. over the course of several years. So I just got to know vintage clothing through that. But in high school, I used to thrift store shop and get buy vintage and then alter it a little bit. So maybe the collar's a little too big on that 70s shirt. Well, I just make the collar a little smaller and now it looks modern or, you know, whatever the thing was, a shift dress or a coat. And so by the time I started working in vintage, I was already very familiar with just more familiar with the sewing techniques that people used. And in general, they were the same ones that my mother taught me, the same ones that her mother taught her, you know. I've just always really loved vintage and the history of fashion has always been an interest to me. That's a really fun project. And then just bringing things back to life. I just like the idea of clothes being seen. So the idea that someone would put something away or throw something away because it has a little damage or a seam came undone, it's like, no, that's so easy. Let's get it back in rotation. (laughs) And do you find that the work that you've done in the past is now reflected in the pattern designs that you've got in mind for the future? I would say yes and no. I think in my design world, in my mind, I'm more focused on modern designers. I have that more in my in my head. Always there's a little bit of vintage idea maybe floating around in the background. My newest pattern that isn't out yet definitely has a vintage vibe to it, but I always try to keep it modern and current. And going forward, as a designer, it's just you. And, you know, there's all this pressure for all pattern designers to make sure that there's representation in all of their patterns. What's Mm -hmm. the challenge for you as a solo pattern designer? 
Representation is actually a topic that I've been thinking a lot about recently, mostly because uh, representation is really in the eye of the beholder. It's not necessarily in reality. So for instance, if I post, like for me, for example, most people think I'm white and I'm actually Mexican. So if I post myself, it's representing me. It's definitely representing Mexicans. But if people don't recognize me that way, you know, it's complicated. So representation for me, it's, it's more complex than just I'll make sure there's a person of color. I'll make sure there's people of different age groups. You know, certainly in the LGBTQ sphere, of course, there's like, how do you know? Exactly. Stereotypes is what you've got to avoid. That's exactly right. So there is some challenge there. And I do find that aspect of it a bit frustrating. It's also a little bit the pressure that you talked about, you know, the pressure to kind of do everything right all the time. I mean, that's real. It's just me. I don't have anyone to bounce anything off of. So I can't say, turn to my partner and say, hey, does this seem like a good idea? Or is there something I'm missing here? You know, as a solo business person out here, especially on Instagram, where the visual is so important, it gets a little bit scary out there sometimes because people definitely will tell you if they have an opinion and you just have to be ready to listen and try and see where they're coming from. And if there's something to correct, you correct it and thank the people for letting you in on their thoughts and their perspective. I think the good thing is because people haven't heard you before, this is a good way for people to understand a bit about you what you're doing and then they can identify and engage with you mm-hmm. a bit more because you engage with people online so this way they can hear your voice I do I answer every comment <laughs> I reply to every direct message stories are the only ones I don't always respond to but you know certainly if someone writes me I'm going to write them back I mean it only seems It seems rude not to. And I, despite the number of followers that I have, actually very few people really reach out. So I'm able to do that. And so I do. I like to, I don't know, it seems polite. And I like chatting with other sewists, of course. And it seems that the way you want to reflect who you are is demonstrated in how you continue to engage with people who connect with you online and with your patterns. So that's really lovely, Chris. Oh, thanks. I say it all the time, but I just want more people to sew. So I have more people to talk to (laughs) about sewing. (laughs) So I love beginners. I love the idea of beginners, just of picking something up you haven't done before and kind of having a vision of yourself doing it and then tackling it and all that it takes really to learn how to, to sew you know, it's a lot. It's an entire language. And there's the mechanics of it with your, you got your machines that you have to learn how to use and then the language and then reading a diagram. These are technical drawings. Anything I can do to keep beginners from being discouraged. I think that's the main thing to start simple and I think my goal is really to create simple but effective patterns. 
So it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be fiddly and difficult. You don't, you know, just one challenge at a time. Let's just get that seam straight. That's all we have to worry about, you know? (laughs) And you're going to end up with something you like and something that doesn't just look like it's made out of one giant square. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's kind of my overarching goal is just to get more people sewing. That's really it. That's people at any age. Of course. Yes. Anyone can start at any time. I mean, that's the best thing about whether you're a hobbyist, you know, when you want to do something more serious with it or make it into a career, whatever your goal is, you really can start at any time. That's right. Yeah. That's all I want to say about. Is there anything else that you want to add? Because you covered some really interesting topics that I know people are going to want to hear. One thing I definitely want to talk about is when you're talking about sizing and inclusive sizing, the way I do it is I have formulas, math formulas. So you start with your body measurement, you add seam allowance or ease. Okay. And then, so when you look at my patterns, when you look at the pattern piece formulas, I hear from people I'm not a math person and I'm intimidated (laughs) by these formulas. I am a little bit dyslexic with numbers and I create these. So I know that it's scary to look at and there's a fear, oh, I'm doing it wrong. And it's so unconventional that in your mind, you might not see it in your head. But I want to assure anyone who wants to try one of my patterns that hasn't done it this way before that I make it as easy and as simple as possible. I just go step-by-step step with your calculator and you'll be totally fine. There's nothing beyond multiplication and addition and subtraction. It's it's not as complicated as it might seem. So I just want to encourage anyone who's afraid of doing any math not to be afraid. It's much easier than adding quarter inches and eighth inches. You're lucky you have centimeters. I agree. Here we are in America with our imperial measuring systems, which is really difficult. But, you know, also as we have to learn some kind of math, but I just want everyone to know that. And I'm here to help. I have people email me and direct message me asking, oh, did I do this calculation correct? And almost always the answer is, yeah, just trust yourself. You got it. So I guess that's that's one thing I would like people to know. My patterns are really unconventional. If you've been sewing a long time, my patterns are might seem wrong. The pattern piece construction, it's all rectangles. That already feels odd if you've been sewing for a really long time. The way I construct patterns is not always following the quote rules, right? Like my grandmother would roll over in her grave at some of the things that, (laughs) some of the ways that I, my techniques, right? But I'm inspired by these old craft books. I love these books. They're these books from the seventies and I have a small collection of them and they're more like craft books, like how to turn your tea towels into a top and like how to make a blanket into a parka. I love that. I love these books. They're so fun. 
they just are so approachable and not fussy and not wagging your finger at you for not doing it right. And I like that. It's easygoing. It's relaxed. You know, if it works, it works. It doesn't have to be the way my grandmother did it. If it comes out the way that I want it to, it was right. So <laughs> I think my approach is a little bit part sewing and a little tiny bit part craft. We're making it work. And I love a, a pattern company that teaches me something new and something technical, but my patterns are not that way. So they're really unconventional. And if you're coming from a place with a lot of experience sewing conventional patterns, it might seem strange, but I think it's fun. And just thinking like, oh, maybe this is more thinking of it as a craft as well as a skill. Can I kind of help bridge that gap? Well, Chris, I'll keep that in mind when I try your first pattern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm that person who's got a long history of sewing conventionally. So right. I'm really pleased that I just need to have faith in what it is you've put in your patterns. I follow it and I should get a good result. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm here for any step along the way for encouragement, if nothing else. <laughs> oh, good. Chris, thank you for coming on to the podcast to talk about your patterns, your background, and the challenges of how you are able to make sure that your patterns are accessible and are representative of the sewing community because it's a huge community. And, you know, that's amazing to hear from someone like yourself who is a one-person shop and all the things that you're trying to achieve. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. I really... I'm really appreciative that you reached out to me and I have an opportunity to uh, just to let you know where I'm coming from and introduce more people to my world. <laughs> so where can we find you on Instagram and on the web and on the web? Okay, so my website is chriswoodsews.com and my Instagram handle is at chriswoodsews. Perfect. So our yeah. listeners can find you a whole lot easier now. Yeah, absolutely. Come over. We have fun over there. <laughs> Come on over. Join the party. <laughs> Thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. This episode of Sab 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Chris Wood, sound by bensound.com. If you want to provide a guest post for Sab 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at Sab 50. You can subscribe to Solve and Our Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Sober 50 Podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>